Grab your Bibles, turn to me to Colossians chapter number 3. Colossians chapter number 3. Now, some of y'all, that may be a, a little bit different, like you've heard of some of the Genesis, you've heard about John, you've heard about Matthew, but you're like, where is Colossians, Buchanan? Where is it? Okay, so the best place to look, look in your table of contents, so you'll see an Old Testament and a New Testament. Colossians, it's found in your New Testament, so Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, Romans, we're almost there. 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, and then the book of Colossians. So find that. Mine's on page 762. Let me turn to page 762 right here. Uh, some of y'all may have a little bit more <laughs> pages than I do. I don't have many notes in here, so there you go. 762, Col- Colossians chapter number 4. I think I said chapter number 3 again. Chapter 4. We've been in Colossians 3 for so long. I think I keep saying 3. But Colossians chapter number 4. So may, may have to flip your Bible over or whatever. Uh, I don't remember um, if I make, made mention of this, but talking about the missions t-shirt, um, uh, you can go by 411 after service, and Cameron is going to be there. Cameron Gabbard, our, our student guy, he's going to be there. And, uh, and you can go in, and it's pre-order, okay? Pre-order, and then next week we get all the people that want one, and then we're going to make a big order there. Um, but you can go by after the service and get your Church has Left the Building shirt to help send somebody to the mission field. Uh, so we're at Colossians chapter number 4 in verse 2. So Colossians chapter 4 in verse 2. Uh, if you don't have a Bible, let me know if we need to get you a Bible. We can get that, but Col- uh, Colossians chapter 4 in verse number 2. So either you're looking in your Bible or we will put it up here on the screen. So if you're looking in your Bible or you're looking on the screen and you're there, say, I'm there. Here we go. It says, continue in prayer and watch in the same with thanksgiving. With all praying also for us that God would open unto us a door of utterance to speak the mystery of Christ, for which I am also in bonds, that I, make it, that I may make it manifest as I ought to speak, walk in wisdom towards them there without redeeming the time. Let your speech be always with grace, seasoned with salt, that you may know how ye ought to answer every man. Let's pray. Lord, thank you so much. Thank you so much for how you're moving and how you're working in our lives. Uh, Lord God, we're not here to worship the idea of God. We're here to worship God, to worship you, Lord God, in spirit and in truth. And Lord God, we are about to receive truth because the truth of your word is what stands. The truth of your word is what lasts. The truth of your word, regardless of what the world thinks, is what is truly true in this world. And so, Lord God, I pray as Lord, as we see this truth, that this would be something, Lord God, that not only we just hear and listen and learn, but that we take and apply to our lives. And that, Lord God, you would just do something great when we follow after you. And so, Lord God, more than a speaker, more than a song, more than anything else, Lord God, the number one thing when we leave out of here is we can say, wow. What a God. And so, Lord, we love you. We thank you. Pray all these things in your wonderful name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. You may be seated. All right, so we're in a series. We're in a series. So some of y'all maybe uh, this is your first time here, and some of y'all maybe been tracking the whole entire time. So we're in the midst of a series. We're in the midst of a series. We're going to put it up here on the screen so that everybody knows what the series is. All right, we tried to cram it in as much as we could like we do our lives, right? Cram as much as we can into all the space we can. But the name of the series, one, two, three, is what? Okay, now say it like you are. Ready? One, two, three. Overwhelmed. Overwhelmed. We're overwhelmed, and we, 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 are, we are overwhelmed in so many uh, areas of our life. I don't know if you've noticed, but really this, the time of the year we're in, this is where you hear it the most. I don't know about you, but between Thanksgiving and Christmas, it's wide open, right? It's like I gotta go, I gotta go shopping here, I gotta go to work thing there, I gotta go to concert here, and this and that, and all the kids have all these special things and all kind of stuff, and it's just overwhelming. It's overwhelming. We're overwhelmed in our, in, our, in, our, in our schedules, we're overwhelmed in our finances, we're overwhelmed with our family, we're overwhelmed at work. We are just overwhelmed. Can I get a witness? Okay? We're overwhelmed. We're overwhelmed. And we have realized and seen that the reason why we're overwhelmed, it's not God's fault. Can I get an amen? It's not God's fault. Whose fault is it? It's ours. It's our fault. Okay? We're the ones who got us in this predicament. 
Now, what's been interesting in this series, what's been interesting in this series is we've kind of looked at it. The reason why we've become so overwhelmed is because we're not doing it God's way. When we do things God's way, it's amazing how much freedom we have in our schedules, how much freedom we have with our family, how much freedom we have at work and even with our finances. And whenever it may be, we have a lot more freedom. But because we're doing it our way, unfortunately, sometimes the world's way, we are, say it one more time, we are overwhelmed. Overwhelmed. So a couple weeks ago, a couple weeks ago, when we started, we, we had to get to make sure we understood first and foremost that God has to be number one and priority. We took several weeks on that. But a couple weeks ago, we had a message called Out of Order. And we put an order up here on the screen so we understood what does that look like, okay? Because sometimes the reason why we're overwhelmed is because we get things out of order order in our lives and so we went down we said okay we discovered that God comes first now God's first in everything can I get an amen all right God's first in everything but but we looked at okay when it comes to priority in our lives God then it goes spouse then it goes kids and family work and then ministry okay and a lot, some of you are still arguing with this list all right now and let me help you this the reason why you're arguing with this list is because you think you know better than God okay so this list works And here's why we know this list works, and here's where we get that list. In Colossians, he lays it out for us. Paul lays it out as he's talking to the the church at at, at Colossae. Let me me make sure I got water here. Here we go. At Colossae, in the beginning of chapter 3, going from verse 1 to verse 17, he talks about making God a priority. Then he talks in verse 18 and 19 about how we make our spouse a priority. He talks about wives and husbands. Then he goes on to 20 and 21, and he talks about children and fathers. And then in verse 22, he talks about servants, and we understood that we're not a servant-master kind of situation anymore, but we looked at it from the standpoint of employer and employee, okay? So we looked at servants and masters. Then we go into chapter, excuse me, verse 2. Now it looks like he pivots. It looks like, okay, I've, I've addressed all these things, so you understand God and spouse and kids and work, and it looks like he pivots. But there's an important component that he adds to it. And so let's kind of walk through that in verse 2. It says, continue in prayer and watch in the same with thanksgiving. That word watch means with alertness, okay? All right, that's when Jesus said to his disciples, could you not watch and pray? He's not just saying, it's not just saying, could you not pray? He's saying, could you not stay alert and pray? All right. Then this verse 3 says, with all. Now, we're going to look back at that word with all at the end of the service, okay? But with all, that word with all means with the rest or together with, okay? So kind of keep that in the back of your mind, that definition, with all. Praying also for, what's that next word? Okay, oh my gosh, all right. Okay, so you, in case you don't know what that word is, it's us, okay? All right, so with all praying also for us, us, that God would open unto us a door of utterance to speak the mystery of Christ, for which I am also in bonds. And so Paul is saying, hey, I understand. you need to make God a priority in your life. You need to make your spouse a priority in your life. You need to make your kids and family. You need to make your work a priority in your life. And then he transitions or pivots, it seems like, but he starts talking about pray for us. Pray for us. Paul's saying for us, for us in what? In the work that they're doing, the ministry work that they're doing. That they're, 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 as, as Paul is going on these missionary journeys, pray for us and that God would open a door for us. And so we keep on going in verse 4. In verse 4, that I may make it manifest. That word manifest is another word we'll see at the end. Okay? That word manifest means to make clear, to be evidence, to make evident or to be seen. Okay? That we may make it manifest as I ought to speak. Verse 5, walk in wisdom. Towards them that are without. That without means without Christ. Those who not put their faith and trust in Jesus, okay? Walk in wisdom. That This is what we're praying for for Paul. Walk in wisdom towards them that are without. Redeeming the time. Because, because Paul understood that he had a finite amount of time to be able to get the gospel to as many people as possible. And then verse 6. Then it goes to us as that let your speech be always with grace, seasoned with salt. You may know how you ought to answer every man. So not only does he talk about his personal ministry, but now he's talking about our personal 
ministry, okay? Now, I'm going to go ahead and tell you this. This is a two-parter, okay? Two-parter. So you have to come back next week, all right? This is a two-parter, not just them two, okay? The rest of y'all have to come, all right? Uh, it's a two-parter. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a little nervous. I've already said in the first service, so I'm going to take a chance in the second service. It's a two-parter. You have to come back next week to get the rest of it. Now, if you hate the message, you still have to come back next week, because you have to actually see, maybe it gets better, all right? If you love the message, then you're like, I can't wait to come back next week, okay? So it's a two-parter. And the reason why it's a two-parter is because we really need to dig in deep to really understand what it means to make ministry a priority, to make ministry a priority, okay? So with that said, this is, this is we're, we're, we're going to get into the message. Um, uh, very much points, like there's like points and subpoints. points aren't used to that, okay? All right, but we're going to really kind of dig deep. But here's the title of the message today. Title of the message today. Let's say it all together. One, two, three. Save to serve. Save to serve. Now, again, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm kind of, uh, I'm making a statement without you really understanding how we make that statement, okay? So at the end, it's all going to come together, right? But saved to serve. Save to serve. Now, if you're taking notes, the first thing I want you to see is we're going to talk about gifts. We're going to talk about gifts, okay? Now, when I talk about gifts, I'm not talking about what you're getting for Christmas, okay? We're not talking about that now. We're talking about spiritual gifts, spiritual gifts, because you need to understand this from the context with some of us look at ministry of what we're, what we're supposed to do, but ministry flows out of our gifting. Okay, ministry flows out of our gifting. So we're going to look at gifts, okay? So if you're taking notes, A, 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 okay? All right, where do gifts come from? Where do gifts come from? So we're, we're going to answer three questions about spiritual gifts. Where do gifts come from? Where do gifts come from, all right? Let's look at our first set of, of uh, verses over here, okay? We're in Ephesians 4. Now, Ephesians 4, Ephesians 4 is... Um, uh, an, another letter to a church, church at Ephesus, okay? It's the same author, all right? So Paul was, Paul was the writer of Colossians, and he's also the writer of Ephesians. Now, here's what, what, what we do here, okay? At the beginning of the section of Scripture, we're going to talk about things we have in common, things that we have the same, okay? Things that we have the same, all right? So it says there's one body and one spirit, even as you're called in one hope, of your calling. Let's go to verse 5. One Lord, one faith, one baptism. That's talking about water baptism, okay? Verse 6. One God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. Now, let's, let's just stop right there for just a second. Did you see a particular word that showed up more than others? What is that word? Wow. No, it's not. Okay, uh, sorry. Yes, in that verse it is. Okay, good, good, good job, great job. All right, in all the verses, there's a particular word that's a little bit more than all. One, very good. Okay, hey, this is why we have two services. All right, so I didn't make that mistake in the first one. I made a mistake in the second one. There we go. All right, here we go. So, oh, never mind. One. Okay, one. Now the reason why I say one, and we're gonna get this all thing in just a minute. Okay. All right, one. So go back to verse four. There's one body, okay, one body, meaning, meaning one body of, 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 of believers, okay? All right, and one spirit, okay, one spirit, meaning, meaning one God, or, and it's, it's capital S, so the Holy Spirit, even as you're called in one hope of your calling, verse five, okay? One Lord, one faith, and one baptism. And then finally, verse six, okay, one God and Father. Of all, we'll go all that stuff of that. Okay, so so we see we see one God, or excuse me, we see go back to verse four. We see one body, one spirit, one hope. Keep going with me. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father. Okay, so that is that seven? Am I counting them right? Okay, maybe six. Okay, seven. All right, help me out, Jeff. If don't make me look stupid again. All right, so there we go. All right, so one, 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 one. All right. So these are the things that we have in common. These are the things that we have in common. Who is above all? So we're, now we identify from the standpoint of God. Who is above all? So God is above all us. Is through all? So God through us. All right. And then in you all. 
all. So if we put our, everybody from the standpoint of Christians, okay, if you put your faith and trust in Jesus, that God is in you in the midst of the Holy Spirit in you. That's what we have in common. That's what we have all the same, okay? We're all together in this. Now here's why he does this. Verse 7. But, now that word but, we talked about this word but, that but, that, that but, that word but, I'm messing up, Jeff, this is your fault, okay? All right, uh, that word but is a conjunction, okay, a conjunction, conjunction, junction, what, you remember that? Okay, all right, so a conjunction, it is, it is, con- it is a, making a statement that is contrasting what has been previously mentioned, all right? So, so we're all the same in this, but... Unto every one of us is given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. Now, what this is saying is this this is what makes us different. This is what makes us different. We all have one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one hope, one spirit. I mean, okay, we all have that. But what makes us different is what we're going to talk about in just a minute. Now, don't get caught up in that word grace, okay? That word grace, that's not meaning that you get enough grace to stay out of hell and you get enough grace to maybe get to heaven, all right? It's not that way, okay? When he talks about grace, he's talking about gifts, okay? And every one of us is given grace according to the measure or the proportion of the gift of Christ, okay? Now, how does that, how does that look? Basically, what this is saying is we need to understand that God's the one who gives the gifts. Say amen, God's the one who gives the gift. Now, God gives the gift from the standpoint of what he feels like that person needs. And we'll talk about that in just a minute, how that looks like. But he gives it out at his own pleasure, not ours. Okay? Now, some of us, when we start getting these spiritual gifts, some of you are like, I want that spiritual gift. It's not your decision to make. It's not your decision to make what spiritual gift you have because God's the one who gives the gift. And so what happens is probably a lot of us have a mixture of all of these gifts, but there may be some that are more prominent than others, okay? And some of us may have one or two gifts versus some that may have more, but whatever you have is what was given to you by God, okay? All right? Now, this is important. This is important, okay? Because you need to understand from the standpoint of, okay, if I get a gift, it's because what God, God gave that gift to me and how he saw fit to give me the gift. Now, let's go to verse 8. Go to verse 8. He says, Wherefore he saith, when he ascended up on high, he led captivity captive and gave, what's that word? Gifts unto men. Okay? So, so we understand it from the standpoint of when did God start giving, giving gifts out? When, okay, Jesus died on the cross, was resurrected three days, and then 40 days later he ascended up into heaven. So when he ascended up into heaven, it consummated one, the, sec- the, the second part of it, and then two, I say second part of it, he led captivity captive. We'll come back to that. That's really good. And gave gifts unto men, okay? So when Jesus went, when Jesus ascended up, he, he, he's going to leave a, and he's going to, every single person that's saved, he's going to give gifts unto them. Not how we want it, but how God sees that we need it and how we're going to use it. I'm getting a little ahead. Now, Real quick, and this is, a, this is bonus material. I don't want to say commercial because some of y'all think commercial means I get to turn my brain off, all right? No, you don't do that. In a commercial break, you listen. You watch, okay? Whatever. But So we're going to call this bonus material. This is really important. He led captivity captive because that kind of doesn't make sense. Anybody agree with me on that one? Like, what does that mean, Buchanan? That is a reference to Psalm 68. Psalm 68. Now, in Psalm 68, this exact terminology, he led captivity captive, is, is mentioned there. Now, it is, it is pushing forward. Psalm 68 is in your Old Testament, and it's really looking towards the future, but it's talking also about the present time. Now, here's what happens. Here's what happens. Some of this, some of this, this may be the only thing you get from the message. This is good stuff. So what happens in, in the time of the Psalms is you have David, okay? David, who's a king. So David goes and he conquers a city. Now, when he conquers a city, he takes whatever is valuable from that city and brings it back, okay? Or he captures the city and then captures those things and brings it back to, 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 to Jerusalem in this case, okay? All right, so he brings it back, and then he gives it out, okay? So, so there's something about t- that he goes and he led, led captivity captive. He takes and captures something, and then he holds it, all right? Now... He led captivity captive. Here's what we need to understand. That he, what he's talking about, is Jesus. 
Jesus. He led captivity captive. Now, before Jesus, we were in bondage. Before Jesus, we were in bondage. We were in bondage to this. We were in bondage to sin. But also, we were also in bondage to Satan. Before Jesus comes, okay, we were in bondage, we were bondage to sin and we are in bondage to Satan. And so, what Jesus did on the cross was not just from the standpoint of what he, he gave to us, but also what he was completing in what his work was doing. So what happens is what he's saying here, he led captivity captive. The very thing that was bounding the people, the very thing that was attacking the people, the very thing that had control and power over the people, in Jesus' in Jesus death and resurrection, what he did is he said, you know what, the thing that has held these, these people captive, Satan, is now in my captivity. He is now bound Okay, he is now bound and he is he is no longer in charge. He is no longer has the power. He no longer has the authority because Jesus said, no, Satan, I'm taking you and now you're my captive. Okay, he went basically and took the keys of death and hell and he's got him now. Okay, it's locked up. Okay, and, and, and if you want to go in your Bible, the only time we see Cain is it talks about he was loosed for a season. You can't lose something if it's not bound. You don't understand this? Some of you are like, what are we talking about, Buchanan? Here's what I want to help you with. Satan is already defeated. Say amen. amen. He's already defeated. Read the end of the book. He's done. He's defeated. Okay? It's done. It's over with. He, Satan has zero power in your life. But here's what happens. We allow Satan still control. We allow Satan still to have power. We have Satan still to have authority. We let Satan still mess up. We cave into, into the sin and things that Satan puts in front of us, the doubt and discouragement. We cave into that. Now, here's the problem we have. We are losing to a defeated foe. Do y'all get me? Are y'all feeling me now? Come on, all right? We are losing to a defeated foe. The battle's already won. So if we sin or we, we fall into the traps of Satan, guess who does that? We do. We fall into those traps. We fall into that sin. Because you know what? He has no power over you. He has no control over you. Because Jesus, go back to my verse. Go back to my verse. Go back to my verse. Thank you. Okay. He led captivity captive. He he is the one who is saying, no, Satan has no control, no power, no authority whatsoever because he is bound. He's bound. So again, that's bonus material because if, if, if you are, and I say that if, we all, we all, come on with me, we all mess up. We all sin. We all let, let the lies of the devil just invade our hearts and minds. But we need to understand, we need to be able to look at the devil and say, you know what, dude, you're a loser. You've lost. It's done. You have no power over me. Somebody was talking to me before about some of these thoughts they were having and all that kind of stuff. And they're like, you know, is that Satan? Is that God? Whatever. Here's what the answer was. Here's how you figure out if it's God or Satan messing with you, all right? If it's Satan, here's what you say. It says, resist the devil and he will what? Flee from you. Okay? Now let me help you with this. It also talks about flee fornication. So don't get too mad about like, oh, devil, I got this. No, sometimes you got to run. Get out of the way, okay? But sometimes you got to resist and say, devil, look, you're defeated. You're gone, and he's got to go, all right? Now some of you are like, well, what if it's God? Here's what you do. Search me, O oh God, and see if there be any wicked way in me. Maybe it's God trying to change something with you. But, it, but it, it, if it's God, he'll, he'll, he'll let you know what it is. If it's Satan, you say, hit the road, Jack. That was just bonus material, by the way, okay? All right, that's not even anything about the message. All right, here we go. So, go back, to, go back to A, go back to A, just so we're all on the same page, okay? Where do gifts come from? Gifts come from God. Say it with me. Gifts come from God. They're from God. Now, you're like, Buchanan, this seems like, okay, why is this important? Well, you need to understand where they come from. B, B, what are the gifts? What are the gifts? Because sometimes what happens is we get caught up with, with, with a certain, like, what are the gifts? And, you know, is, is my gift this? Or sometimes we get confused with talent. Talent and gifts are different, okay? Here's the thing. I can turn on the radio and I hear a lot of talent, okay? That doesn't mean that's a gift from God. 
That just means they have a lot of talent, okay? We're talking about spiritual gifts today. We're talking about spiritual gifts today. So what are the gifts? Here we go. Romans 12. Now, we looked at this verse earlier in the Overwhelmed series, but we have, to, we have to go back to this verse for context of what we're going to talk about. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable what? Service. Service, so there's something that we are to do. All right, verse 2. And be not conformed to this world. Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Let's just wait just a minute because I did this. I, I, I don't want to miss this. I don't want to miss this because I talked about it in the first service. I don't want to miss it here. Let me help you with this. When we do things, now, and I, I hope you all understand this from when we've been looking at out of order, um, we live in a society where if we do it according to the Bible, we look like weirdos. Say amen. It's okay, it's okay. Here we go, let's just get it out there. Look to your neighbor and say you're a weirdo. Okay. Some of y'all, that's very freeing right now that you're able to do this, okay? I've been saying, I've been wanting to talk to you about that for a long time. So you got it out there, okay? You're a weirdo, okay? Gotcha, okay? Now, here, here's the reason why we look weird. Here's the reason why we look weird. Because when we do it according to God's word, that's not how society's doing it. That's not how culture is doing it. Okay, I'll use an example. When we talked in the, in the, in the um, talking about making a priority in our marriages, when we talk about wives submit to the husbands and husbands love your wives as Christ loved the church, that looks weird, okay? But it's right. Uh, when, when we talk about children obey your parents in all things, honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise. When we talk about fathers, don't provoke your children to wrath. Don't provoke your children, but, but, but raise them up or bring them up in the admonition or the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Let me help you with this. Like last night, I had to be my own kids. I said, I was like, go to bed. And they're like, why? And I'm like, obey me. All things obey me. Like, uh, maybe that's the only thing they're hearing the message, but I was like, obey me right now, quit arguing, all right? But you know what? And I'm just going to say this. Uh, Our children don't obey us like they used to. And let's be honest. Let's be honest. Sometimes we're provoking too much wrath, and sometimes we're not bringing our kids up in anything but everything else in the world besides the nurture and admonition of the Lord. We bring them up in sports. We bring them up in school. we we, We make all these things a priority, but we don't make showing the Lord to them a priority. Okay? Now, so the reason why I'm using that example is, is, let me help you with this. What's weird is the world. The world is what's weird. We're right. We're not weird. We're right. And so here's what I want to help you with. Be not conformed to this world. Because so many times I think we feel this pressure of, 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 of I've got to be accepted and I've got to be like everybody and nobody's got to think I'm weird or different or whatever. Like, here's the deal. If they think you're weird and different, that's a good thing. You don't want to look like the world. I shouldn't be able to go to the workplace or go to your school and look and say, you know what, there's no difference from that person and the other person. There's no difference. I should be able to look and say, man, whatever it is, is there something different in that person's life? They act different. They talk different. They have different priorities. I should see a difference in you. Not that you look like everybody else. Can I get an amen? Okay. Be not conformed to this world. Some of you are really liking that weirdo stuff, okay? All right. Now, now if you say it after the message, that's on you, okay? (laughs) Now you're just being mean. All right. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You may prove what is that good. Excuse me, good and acceptable and perfect will of God. I'm about to have to get some of that water. Verse 3. Now we're going to keep moving. For I say, through the grace given unto me, to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think. Okay? Now, we've, we've addressed this before, but some of you, some of you think too low of yourself. Okay? Now, when I say that, let me help you with this. God don't make no junk. Say amen. That is not grammatically correct. God don't make no junk. You can tweet that. I'm just kidding. All right? Don't put my name on it. Okay? God don't make no junk. When he created you, he created you in the express image of, of, of himself. You are beautiful. You are a beautiful creation. Okay? All right? Some, some of y'all think too low of yourself. But on the other hand, some of y'all think too high of yourself. Because you think you're the stuff. 
Uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> Not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think. And this is all setting up from the standpoint of gifts, but to think soberly. Okay, that word soberly, the exact definition is without enthusiasm. Like, don't, don't be too high up on yourself. Like, without enthusiasm, according, this is so cool, according as God had dealt to every man the measure of faith. Because here's what I want to help you with. The only thing good in you is the Holy Spirit. Can I get an amen? The only thing good in you is the Holy Spirit. So from the standpoint of how you operate in the Holy Spirit, the only thing good in you is the gift that God has given you. Okay? So, so according as God had dealt to every man the measure of faith. So here's why we don't want to think too highly of ourselves, or, but, but, but to think soberly, because if you got a gift, it's because God gave it to you. And not because you earned it or did anything special for it, okay? It's because God just saw fit to give it to you, okay? Verse 4, verse 4. Now, this is awesome. For we are many members, and, and, and this is why he's having to deal with this, because so many times with our gifting, we can get a little high and mighty about it. Uh, or we can look at, I, I don't have that gift, and my gift is less or whatever, okay? For for as we are, have many members in one body, all members have not the same office. Now, this is pretty obvious, right? Okay, so let's look at the, our own physical bodies, okay? Uh, every single part of my body has a different function, a different plan, okay? What the hand does, the ear cannot, okay? What the, but the ear cannot do what the feet do, and the feet can't do what the mouth do. Can I get an amen? Okay? They all have a different op- office, okay? They all have a different function. A hand can't say, I got this. Yeah, you got whatever you have in your hand. You don't got this, okay? Now, I don't know about you, but if it was just up to your hand, if you're, it was all in your hand, go, try to see how far you're going to get with one hand, okay? Not going to get too far, all right? Or with, or with just one foot or just one, or, or your ears, your mouth. In any way, shape, or form, you're going to be limited without all the members, okay? Now, let's go in verse 5. So we, being many, many different members, are one body in Christ, and every everyone members one of another. Now, here's what's really interesting, is that we, and we'll talk about this next week a little bit more, is that every single member needs one another. The hand needs the arm, right? Okay? The arm needs the body. Okay? Uh, let me help you this. The, all, for all this to function, it needs the brain. All these things, or for all this to function, it needs the heart to pump the blood. Does that make sense? It all is necessary, even though they have different things that they do. They're all one body, one to another. They're inter- this is a great way to say it. They're interdependent of one another. Does that make sense? Okay, they're interdependent. Okay, each one has to rely on something else. Does that make sense? Okay, each one has to rely on something else. It's awesome. Man, come back next week, please. Verse 6. Having then gifts different, differing according to the grace that is given us again. We're talking about you're going to have different gifts, but again, it's by what God chooses to give you. Now we're going to look at the gifts, okay? Now we're going to look at the gifts. It's going to take a little bit, but it's okay. Whether prophecy, okay? Now that word prophecy, the word prophecy, don't get too caught up in that word prophecy. It is not talking about, uh, about fortune telling. It's not talking about looking ahead and predicting future events. Here's my, let me help you with this. We don't have to predict future events because we know how it ends. Okay? You want to know when, when Christ is coming back? Or let me say, you want to know the date that Christ is not coming back? As soon as somebody predicts that that's the date and the time. Okay? Because he says only God the Father knows the day and the time. Okay? But that word prophecy means proclaiming God's truth. Proclaiming God's truth. And that doesn't even mean from the standpoint of preachers, but just proclaiming God's truth. And it says, let us prophesy according to the proportion of faith. Now, in some of these gifts, it gives us kind of some, some understanding around the gift. Let us prophesy according to the proportion of faith. The proportion of faith means you prophesy what you know. Now, let me explain this a little bit. Maybe this is a little bit of commercial too, okay? Some of y'all, when it comes, when we've talked about sharing the gospel, We've talked about sharing Jesus with people. We've talked about sharing our faith and talking about the Bible and all these kinds of things. And some of you are like, I don't know enough. I don't know enough. Let me help you with this. You're never going to know enough because there's only one person who knows everything. What's his name? God. Okay. All right. You're never going to know enough. But what this is saying is whatever you've received, you give out. 
okay? Yeah, if somebody says, well, if I, if I share the gospel and, 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 they, and they ask me a question I don't know the answer to, here's what you say. We're going to practice this. I don't know. Okay, you ready? We're going to say it one more time. One, two, three. It's very freeing, okay? When you understand and acknowledge you don't know everything, I don't know. Then you follow it up with this, but I will find out. Then you pick up the phone and call me. And I may not know the answer, so we'll may, we may research it together. All right, I may call somebody else. We'll figure this out, okay? I don't know. Because here's what you're responsible to. Your responsibility is not to what, what somebody needs to find what they need. Your responsibility is to give what you have. And so what is it saying? Because here, somebody could have the gift of prophecy and be newly saved tomorrow. Okay? They get saved tomorrow and they get the gift of prophecy. Well, there may be another person who's been saved for 20 years and they got the gift of prophecy. Now, there's no expectation that the person is going, that's been saved for a day versus the person who's been saved for 20 years that they have the same information. But yet, if they have that gift, the person's been saved one day, here's what they say. I got saved. God changed my life. I'm a sinner. Okay? Now, the one 20 years may be able to put some more around that. But I don't know about you, but here, here's, here's why. If you share somebody that you're a sinner, that you, you put your faith and trust in Jesus and he changed your life, that's a pretty good testimony. Say amen. Okay? I just gave them the gospel right there. Okay? So prophecy. Okay, let us prophesy according to the purpose of faith. Now, verse 7. Or ministry. That word ministry could also be used from the standpoint of helps. Okay, sometimes we take that word ministry and ministry in this context versus what we say the ministry is a little bit different. We'll talk about that. But it says, let us wait on our ministry. Now, that word wait doesn't mean, okay, Garrett, great. I just have to, I'm just going to have to like chill right here and wait until I actually do something for the Lord. No, that word wait means to attend to or pre- to perform. Okay, so if you have the gift of ministry, you need to minister. Now, here's what that usually looks like. People that have the gift of ministry are those people that don't need any credit. They don't have to be seen. Here's the person who has a gift of ministry. They took the garbage out earlier and nobody knew it. Because they didn't do it for credit. They didn't do it for praise. They just saw a need and they filled it and got it done. Okay. Now, I don't know about you. We need people with that gift. Say amen. Okay. Because if not, we'd have a bunch of trash around here. All right. So, our ministry. And he that teacheth on teaching. Teaching is, is taking information and, and putting it in a way where people can understand and receive it. All right. Verse 8. And he that exhorteth on exhortation. Now, when I was, when I was researching that word, word um, exhorteth, um, exhortation, we, 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 we attach to it the word encouragement. And we look at it from the standpoint of encouraging people in the positive things. But this word actually means not only do we encourage people in the positive things, but also encourage people in the negative things in their life. Now, I say not encourage to do negative things, but from the standpoint, here's a word y'all love, y'all love to hear, in accountability. Okay, so exhortation can be encouraging somebody from that standpoint or holding them accountable to an area that they need to fix, but, but, but in a way of saying, okay, I want to encourage you to change in direction. So maybe somebody, if somebody has a gift of exhortation, not only can they help people in moving positive ways, but they can also help people move away from negative ways, okay? All right, he that giveth, he that giveth. Now, that giveth is somebody, now it can be, it can be in a lot of different ways. This is primarily looking towards from the standpoint of giving monies, Okay, generosity in that way. You can be generous with your time too. But he that giveth, so there are people that have, I, I've met people, and I'm not that person, okay, that whatever they do, it's like it, it turns to gold. You know those kind of people? Don't you hate them? I'm just kidding. That sounded bad, okay? All right? But there's just people, they just have a way of making money, and uh, some, of the, uh, some of the guys that I've met in other places, I call them piddlers. You know what I'm talking about? Like, they don't really have a real job, but they make more money than all of us because they do a little bit of this and they do a little bit of that, and they just have a way of making money, okay? Not in a bad way, but I'm like, I wish I could do that. Okay, all right? He that giveth, but look at this. Let him do it with simplicity. Now, where simplicity means to not do it in a complex way. Uh, what, What this looks like is the person that has the gift of giving is that they're not giving it with strings attached, they're not giving it with special, special conditions or considerations. The person who has the gift of giving is not the person that says, hey, um, I gave you a million dollars, so that next building, do you mind putting my name on it? Okay? Or, hey, I just gave a big gift. That's my chair. I want my little gold plate right there. Okay? That's not the person who has the gift of giving. This person is just generous and giving, and they're just like, look, I'm giving it, and there's no special conditions. God just has blessed me, and I want to bless you. Okay? He that ruleth. 
He that ruleth, that's a person that would look like leadership, um, but also management, organization, all that kind of stuff. It says, he that ruleth with diligence. Now, the word diligence means consistency. See, sometimes we have a problem with these kind of people because they're sticklers for, like, getting it done right every time. They're all about the details right. They're the ones that's like, okay, like, okay, here's how it needs to be done. And when you don't do it, they come to you and say, this is how it needs to be done. Why didn't you do that? We don't like those people. But if they're going to have that gift, they've got to do it with diligence. And he that showeth mercy, this is really cool too. He that showeth mercy with cheerfulness. Now, I've seen people that, have the, that, that say they have the gift of mercy, but here's what happens. The, the, the person who has the gift of mercy can sympathize or empathize with another person's need or another person's hurt. But here's the big deal about with cheerfulness. Sometimes misery loves company. And so what happens is, oh, you know, your life is terrible. My life is terrible. Let's just go over here and cry in the corner together. No, what you need, the person with the gift of mercy is like, I know you're having a hard time. I may be having a hard time too, but let's, let's, let's do something to get, to get moving and going and moving in the right direction. Does that make sense? They do it with a positive attitude. Yeah, you're going through a tough time, but there's something better in the future. Does that make sense? Okay. So here's all the gifts. Let's kind of go back through them. Go to verse 6. I think that's when it starts. Okay. So prophecy, prophecy, verse 7, ministry, uh, teaching, uh, exhortation, giving, ruling, and mercy. Did I, did I do that right? Okay, seven gifts. Seven gifts. Now, let me, let me jump up real quick because some of you are like, um, there's some gifts missing. All right, now there are two sections of the scripture that talk about gifts. Romans 12 and 1 Corinthians 12, okay? Now, there's two different lists because there's two different, the, this, these are the functional gifts that we get from the Spirit, or in the Spirit, from God, okay? But then there's a list of, of gifts that are, are what we consider sign gifts. Sign gifts. Now, we, and that's when you, people say, well, I've got the gift of healing. I've got the gift of tongues. I've got the gift of, okay, let me help you with what a sign gift is. First of all, one is a sign. A sign gift is a sign for the believers, or excuse me, for the, for the Jews, because the Jews require a sign. So every time you see a sign gift happening, there is, is, is from the standpoint of benefiting a Jew, okay? So, so if there's no Jews in this place, okay, there shouldn't be that. Also on the other side, in the same area that, that Paul talks about this, he also talks about the sign gifts should not be done when unbelievers are present so that they don't get confused. And so in any, any way, shape, or form, especially in church, there are unbelievers right now in this church. I don't know if you know that right now. There are probably unbelievers right now, under the sound of my voice, that have not put their faith and trust in Jesus. So those, those, those giftings would not be, need to be utilized because it would bring confusion to the believer. There's verses about that. But also, there's no Jews in here either. Okay? So those, those, those sign gifts, we, 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 we consider those have ceased. Okay? And now we're looking from the standpoint of where this is moving forward. These are our functional gifts. Okay? So there's, there's, there's those gifts. Now, let's talk about this. Because I know what's going to happen. Buchanan, I don't have a gift. I don't have a gift. Buchanan, I don't have any gifts. Okay? Now, now let, me, let me help you with this, okay? Um, do you all believe God's word is true? Say amen. Okay? So if God's word is true, and if we have, the, if we have those things in common, okay? We have those things in common, that means we have a spiritual gift. So if we don't, if we don't think we have a spiritual gift, there's three, three possibilities. One is we haven't discovered it yet. We haven't discovered it now. Now, we have an inventory, a spiritual gift inventory that we do in foundations, and that may help you, but sometimes it takes a conversation. Sometimes it takes, hey, sometimes I've seen this. I've seen giftings in people that they didn't even see in themselves. Okay? So, so maybe you haven't discovered it yet. Two, you really don't want to use it. You know you have it, but you don't want to use it, so you use the excuse of, I don't have one. Okay? Because you, you don't want to use it. And then two, or excuse me, three, is you're not saved. Because spiritual gifts are given to people that have the Spirit, and the only way to get the Spirit is by getting what? Saved. Okay? So those are the three options. If you don't have a gift, either you haven't discovered it yet, or you, you, you don't want to use it, or you're not saved. Okay? So, all right. Last thing. Last thing. So what are the gifts? We list all the gifts. There's the seven gifts. All right. Number, 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 number C. Number C. <laughs> Letter C, what's the purpose of the gifts? Now, if you've checked out on everything I've said thus far, if you've checked out on everything, this is where you need to wake up. 
This is where you need to key in. This is where you need to understand. Like, this is bringing it all together, all right? I know that was a lot of information. Uh, here, here's what's funny. If, you, if, if you've ever been that person, man, I wish Buchanan would go deep. I just did. Okay, you missed it, all right, because you were asleep, all right? So no, listen up, okay? We went deep. We went, we, we went deep, and we, we really explained and looked through and all kinds of stuff. I explained the scriptures out clearly. What is the purpose of the gifts? Now, first and foremost, before we talk about the, the ultimately the purpose of your gift is to glorify God. Can I get an amen? That goes back to the very beginning of the message. What is your purpose? To glorify God. So the reason why you got the gift ultimately is to glorify God, but there is more. There is more. And we're going to look at that more, okay? What is the purpose of the gifts? What is the purpose of the gifts? This is so good. This is so good. No, let's go back. Go to my, um, the, the Corinthians verse. 1 Corinthians 12, I think it is. There you go. Here we go. All right. 1 Corinthians 12. 1 Corinthians 12. All right. Now, and this is the area where you would see those other gifts and all that kind of stuff. All right. Now, there are diversities of gifts, but the same spirit. I hope we would determine that. There are different gifts, same spirit, okay? If you have the Holy Spirit, but there are different gifts that are given out. Verse, verse 5. And there are differences of administrations, but the same Lord, okay? So the administration is how it's giving out. Okay, how it's given out. That's different, okay? There's different gifts, and they're given out in different ways. All right? But the same Lord. Verse 6. And there are diversities of operations, but it's the same God which worketh all in all. So there are different gifts that operate in different ways. Okay? The person, the person who teaches and the person who has the gift of ministry or the person who has exhortation, they're, they're, they're going to operate in different ways. You're going to see it in different ways. Uh, you can have somebody who has the gift of ministry and they never talk to anyone. But it's hard to not talk to somebody if you have the gift of prophecy or teaching. Can I get an amen? Okay, so it operates differently, but is the, but is the same God which worketh all in all. So basically saying that he, he worketh in all, okay? He worketh all, like completely, in all saved people. Here's the big verse. If you haven't, if you haven't paid attention Please pay attention right now. 1 Corinthians 12, 7. Now, here's these two words we talked about earlier. Manifest and withal. Manifest and withal, okay? It says, but the manifestation of the Spirit, or the, the evidence of the Spirit, the, the, what is clearly seen of the Spirit, okay? All right, so, so and, and this is, I, I didn't say this in the first service. There's a difference between the gifts of, spiritual gifts and fruit of the Spirit, Okay? Here's what I have you fruit of the Spirit. Fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, uh, faith, meekness, temperance, against us, there's no other. Okay? All right? Everybody has the fruit of the Spirit. Okay? Because that, that is, if you have the Holy Spirit, that is what's produced out of your life. Love, joy, peace. All, that's not a spiritual gift. You can't say, I have the spiritual gift of peace. So do I. Okay? It's called a fruit of the Spirit. So you have, you have fruit of the Spirit, and then you have spiritual gifts, okay? So when we see this, of, of the manifestation, how, how is the Spirit made evident in our lives, okay? But the manifestation of the Spirit is given, okay, given to every man to, what's that next word? Profit. Now, the word profit can also be used as benefit. Benefit, okay? It's given to every man to benefit. Now, here's the big thing. That word with all, with all, that word with all means with the rest or together with. Now, here's, here's the thing, okay? So, but, the, but the, the evidence, the evidence of the Spirit, what's clearly seen, plainly seen, manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit or benefit with the rest, together with. Now, here's where it all comes down to. Why did God give you that gift? Why did God give you that gift? He didn't give it for you. Let me explain this. He did not give it so you could say, I've got the gift of giving. Thank you, Lord, I have the gift of giving. I have the gift of teaching. I have the gift of, of, of mercy. No, okay? The reason why he gave you that gift is give, he gave you that gift to benefit the, with the rest, to benefit together with. Here, let, me, let me put it this way. The reason why you have that gift is not to benefit you. 
The reason why God gave you the gift is to benefit someone else. Say amen. amen. It wasn't for you. It's to benefit somebody else. And this is a big deal, guys. I want you all to know, golly, it's such a big deal. Because then you start to look at it and go, okay, I have a gift. And if you choose not to use it, guess what? You're not hurting yourself. You're not hurting yourself. Who are you hurting? Everybody else. You're hurting everybody else. Because here, and go back to our verses. Remember, everything works together, right? Okay? I'll use it this way. Kim, you have a gift, okay? Sean, you have a gift. Anthony, you have a gift, all right? Here's the deal. You have a different gift. You may have a different gift, and you may have a different gift. But in order for everyone to get what they need and to benefit from it, guess who has to exercise and use their gift? Every single one of them. Because if Anthony says, I'm not doing that, I'm not doing that, who suffers? All of us. And here's what we need. I need your gift, and I need your gift, and I need your gift. Does that make sense, what I'm trying to say? It's more, it's bigger. It's bigger than just, oh, do I have a spiritual gift? Let me discover it. No, you have a gift for a reason. You have a gift for a reason. And here's what happens. Here's what happens. We either, we either don't use it or ignore it or whatever, but here's what, here's what I want to really help you with. Here's what happens. What we do is it's not just that we don't utilize it. We don't use it. By the way, every, every single one of these are active. Do you notice that? It's active. You can't just, it, 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 like ruling, you can't minister or teach without being active. You have to do something. But let me help you with this. For some of y'all, this is what you're doing. God gave you a gift. God gave you a gift, and here's what's happening. You won't use it, so guess what? You've wasted it. You've wasted it. God gave it to you, and you won't utilize it. So you know what God's saying Why did I give you the gift in the first place if you weren't going to use it? Like, here's what's so cool. Golly, thank you, Jesus, okay? God loves you so much. God loves you so much that he he sent his son to die on the cross for your sins. And I'm, I'm thankful for that because of what he did. I didn't have to go to that cross, and I have a home in heaven one day. But God loved you so much that he said, you know what? You're still on this earth for a reason. And I don't want you to do it alone, and I want to make sure that you're effective in what you're doing. And so since you can't do it, the only thing good in me is God. Say amen. The only thing good in me is God, the Holy Spirit. And so here's what God said. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to be able to make a difference. I want you to be able to bring more people to me. I want you to be able to to show my glory to every single person you come in contact with. So what he did is he said, I'm going to give you a gift to use so that you can benefit other people. And make a difference in somebody's life. Can I get an amen? And so that's why I want to help you with this. I know it's a two-parter. Man, I wish I could go longer, but you're like, are we almost done, Buchanan? Okay, all right. But I'm telling you, it's bigger than just where you're going to serve in the church. Let me just get that out there real quick. It's bigger than where you're going to serve in the church. It's bigger, let me say to help you with this. We went door-to-door yesterday, and we had a work day yesterday. We did all these kinds of stuff. It's bigger than that. You have a gift and by golly, if you have a gift, you best be using it for the glory of God. Say amen. And let me help you with this. I know I'm preaching hard, but guess what? Here's what's going. I'm preaching hard this way, and then God's doing this. Right back to me. We have a gift. Let's use it. Let's everybody stand. Let's everybody stand. Let's everybody stand. All right, this is our invitation. This is our invitation. We're inviting you to make a decision. We're inviting you to make a decision, Okay. Uh, where's, where's my, where's my altar workers? Are they coming in? All right. Awesome. Awesome. Awesome.